What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode number 34 of RizzoCast. I'm Steven Risotto, and we are joined today by Harvard Harvard University left-handed pitcher Uday Naritam. Uh, he's here with us today. Uday, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Super, super thankful for this opportunity today. Yeah, I'm doing well. Good morning. You got me up out of bed, so that's a positive. Uh, so, you know, we just saw the holiday season pass. How was your holiday season? I know you can't do a ton of things. I couldn't do a ton of things. The world couldn't do a ton of things. How was your holidays? Uh, my holidays was great. It was uh, nice to come back home, see my family and everything after being on campus for the first semester, you know, getting back, spending time and relaxing with my family, seeing them and everything. Yeah, if there's anybody that wants to turn the page on 2020, it's probably you. I know your senior season was cut short in the spring due to the pandemic. Obviously, that's not ideal. You missed out on on your your entire senior baseball season. How did how did kind of you and your teammates uh, cope with that? Um, you know, me and most of my teammates, we hadn't even been playing together with each other before high school and stuff, so. When we knew it was kind of heading towards that direction with the COVID-19 pandemic, we squeezed in a couple last-second practices, not just to practice, but just to talk, have fun, see each other and everything. Um, most of us knew at that time we were either going to continue with baseball or some of us were ending it. And it was tough. It was definitely tough to let our season go. Even We started out pretty hot, too. We were 5-1, and one, I believe, at the time. We were doing well, playing good baseball. But it was – it was what we had to do at the current time with the way the pandemic was going. And it was a hard loss, but we knew we would have to get through it. And uh, most of us still to this day, we text in our group chat, we stay connected with each other. That's awesome. So were you, were you kind of like pissed off at first or were you kind of thinking like, you know, this is what's happening in the world. So be it. So what was your like first initial reaction there? I would have to say my first initial reaction was it was pretty frustrating knowing that, this was my last year to play high school baseball too. You know, one last chance to ride it out with my boys and everything. But then yet again, after reflecting after a couple of weeks after that initial thought, like things got pretty bad pretty fast and you could see the severity of the pandemic. And it was the right decision by the school and the league to stop going to school and stop playing baseball. It was the right decision. At yeah, the time. For, for sure. For sure. So as I mentioned, you're now playing for Harvard University or will be playing for Harvard University. How did that arrangement go back? Uh, how did that arrangement or how long does that arrangement go back with them? And what's the mm -hmm. communication been like through this entire pandemic with Harvard? So it goes all the way back to my summer heading into junior year. I uh, went out to their camp, you know, played a little bit in front of Coach Deck, Coach Kirkpatrick. And um, then going into that summer, they were pretty interested. And they came out to a couple of my games in Arizona. And I think right before or like right at the beginning of junior year, it kind of all just fell through. I was super grateful for the opportunity, took it right away. You know, communication with the coaches has been amazing ever since. And then even on campus, we got to get a little full experience of what happened, of what it's like to be a Harvard baseball player. So I know you had the, uh, so you've been down there on uh for school right you've been down there yeah so for the fall they only allowed freshmen to be on campus so I was lucky enough to finally actually go through a couple practices with the coaches and everything kind of see what it's like to be a d1 student athlete 
So what was the appeal for Harvard? What did, what kind of separated Harvard from any other school in terms of baseball? Um, for me, a big thing growing up was um, academics. I knew I was pretty academically strong going into school and stuff. That was something I wanted to pursue myself, knowing that baseball is amazing and everything, but at the end of the day, the cleats have to hang up at some point in your life. And just knowing that I can fall back on a Harvard degree or something, it's still competitive D1 baseball, but the school's name on a degree is something that can be life-changing too once you're done with baseball. So I wanted to use Harvard as a platform for connections, everything, once I do have to hang up the cleats. Yeah, exactly. You can't be a dumbass when you, uh, when you get into Harvard. So um, importance of grades. Yeah, let's, let's kind of piggyback on that. How did you balance the two of those? Like, how did you balance playing baseball and, you know, in high school, how did you balance the two playing baseball and getting good grades? Cause I know for some people it's, it's really difficult to kind of combine them. So how did mm -hmm. you do that? What was your strategy? The uh, big thing for me was um, time management, you know, finding times throughout the day where people normally wouldn't sacrifice doing homework or studying and stuff is kind of what I had to do especially me knowing that I was going to go to play at Harvard pretty early. I started doing extra practices and extra lifts that didn't even count for school. So I have to give a lot of credit to my dad. He kind of drove me out to places where I had to work out and stuff. And in those car rides for 30, 40 minutes, I would be doing my homework. I'd be finding random times throughout the day where teacher ends class 10 minutes early, you know, let me start my assignment right now. It's, it's a sacrifice that you have to take when this is something you want to do and something you love. And knowing that I wanted to do both at the same time, I had to just find different ways and times throughout my day to just get my work done. So pending COVID, what is the talent looking like for uh, this year's Crimson baseball team? This is Crimson baseball team is actually uh, looking amazing. Um, we have a lot of young guys who have a ton of talent. Uh, some of the names, uh, Adam Stone, he's a big draft guy. He's only a sophomore. He's sitting like 96, 97. You know, I do know most of the upperclassmen, but I actually haven't gotten to see them play or be with them. So I can only really speak of our freshman class. And we have a lot of hard-throwing righties. I'm one of the lefties on the team. And we have a lot of solid hitters, a great catcher behind the dish and everything. I think our team's looking pretty well to hold up our Ivy League championship dub from the years before I came in. Yeah, you guys are a powerhouse program as of late, uh, for sure. So have you heard anything about the season? Are you guys, you know, going to kind of start the season as planned? Is there a plan in place to get you guys safe and do it at the same time? What's going on with your uh, season? So it's actually looking like we're not going to have a season at all. Uh, that's where it's kind of heading towards right now. Um, Harvard has decided to only bring back the senior and junior classes. Some of the sophomores on our team were able to appeal for housing and get in, but actually freshmen weren't really allowed to go back. So most of us have already decided a path where we can stay, stick with our academics and also keep playing. So six of us are going to be moving down to Florida. We're going to be working out at Cressy Sports Performance. We're going to be working out there, getting our baseball work done and taking classes like in, in a house together over there. But it is looking like Ivy League isn't going to play because most schools didn't bring back their full student capacities oh interesting well that's unfortunate but at least you guys you know they, they set up arrangements for you guys and you guys get to have that opportunity to go down to florida uh so you're a south city guy south san francisco guy heading to massachusetts so you 
you know, you spent time there. It's probably, you know, raining or snowing or something there right, uh, right now. Is there, is that something that like you were pumped for to kind of make the change to the East coast? I don't know. Personally, myself, I'm always excited to get myself into new environments. I don't like to stay the same for a while. I was excited for the snow, but then I also realized the consequences that come with that for baseball. It makes things a lot harder on the field, especially. So we had quite a few days where we were just in the batting cages, you know, work with what we got. But I also find that like those days where you're in there working out the hard days in the rain and in the snow, like that's when you truly get that grit that extra performance boost, you know, you know, you put in work in times where everybody else could just be slacking. So it's something you got to deal with and learn with. We had a couple rainy days out here in South San Francisco, but I do have to admit the weather was a pretty big change for me. Yeah, I'm sure. So give me a scouting report on yourself on the mound. What, what kind of pitcher are you from the left side? Uh, from the left side, you'll definitely see me more of a crafty type pitcher. Um, I throw fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, you know, everything I can really try and get for strikes. Uh, recently, what I have been trying to work on is my velocity. It's slowly been going up, you know. I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with uh, Coach Nick Sanzeri over the past year and a half, and he's helped me out a ton. And then all my other coaches along my baseball path have, like, really helped me narrow in to, like, figure out what type of person I am, you know. I am going to be one of the shorter and smaller guys on the team. So being someone who's crafty and being able to locate my pitches is something I have to do. And velocity has just slowly come along along that path as I started getting more intense into baseball. So what about from the right side? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so is there any, is there anyone in particular that you like watching in the big leagues, you know, maybe a left-handed pitcher, you know, I don't want to say modeling your game after, because whenever I ask that mm-hmm. to anybody, they always say, well, I'm my own person. So um, is there anybody that you watch and you go, wow, I, I really like watching this guy pitch? Um, growing up for me has always been Chapman, someone mm-hmm. who, you know, not only on the mound, he is an absolute workhorse, but also off the field in the weight room. You know, a lot of people just assume that like baseball players don't have to like work out a ton or something, you know, we're just throwing but the amount of effort you have to put into your body off the field too is something I truly admire about Chapman, the way he's able to get after it in the weight room and then on the field, he's just an absolute bully. And then starting pitcher wise, uh, recently I really like watching Snell. He is just dominant, has three, four pitches he throws for strikes and he's just very consistent. You know, he doesn't like to get his emotions too high and too low. He's just kind of staying the same, staying level. Yeah, those are two great picks. Um, obviously, I've spent time in the American League East. Um, should not have taken Blake Snell out of game six, by the way. Kevin Cash, we're talking to you. Um, speaking of the big leagues, you've actually had a really awesome opportunity in high school to play at Oracle Park. Uh, so I, I can't imagine there's much cooler than that. So explain that experience for you. Uh, yeah, so uh, we had this awesome rivalry in high school called the Bruce Mahoney. It was between a Sager Heart and a St. Ignatius. And um, every year, um, it was football, basketball, and baseball were the uh, deciding factors. And for baseball, we had the opportunity to play at Oracle Park. And uh, I was lucky enough, the two years I played on varsity, I pitched in both of those games. Both very close, very intense, you know. It's something that um, is always awesome in every rivalry. You know, the entire student body's out there cheering everybody on. 
and uh, it's it's amazing. Do you ever like? Did you ever like look around and go, "Wow, I'm on a big league mound"? That I did do um, definitely during pregame my sophomore year. You know, going back junior, I kind of knew what I was getting back into, knowing that I was going to be the starter that year. But I think sophomore year, like walking around before the game. But uh, right before the game, we had a talk with coach and uh, made it pretty clear, like, it is just another baseball game. Yes, we're on an amazing field, but we got to lock in, get ready to try and get this dub today. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned Nick Sanzera, and I want to get to him because I followed him for a while without really knowing who he was. And now I'm finding myself, like, really fascinated with with some of uh, the drills he has you guys do. So how is, you know, working with Nick been? Um, working with uh, Coach Sanzeri has been a blessing. You know, he knows so much about the game at such a young age, and he makes it very clear how he wants your path to go along. There's a lot more to he tells he tells you the truth straight up as well. Like, if you want to become a better ball player, it's not just the drills you do with him too. He talks a lot about the weight room. That's a big place, and nutrition as well. Those are like his three big factors, his drills, the weight room, and nutrition. And he makes it very clear to you that when you're there with him, it's a working environment where you want to get better, you want to learn. And all the drills we do, some of them even may be the most simplest things, but there's a reason behind everything he says. And he does it based on your own baseball profile. Like he's not going to have me doing the same drill as someone who's 6'7". Like he knows that individualizing someone that you're working with is really important and not just giving a generalized plan that can help a couple keep help a couple people, but not everyone. So it's been awesome getting to work with him for the past couple of years. And I've learned so much and I've gained so much knowledge. And along that it's helped my baseball career a ton. So how big is his backyard? Cause the, the videos are kind of like, like I'm, the, every time I watch the videos, I'm like, God, this guy's got a humongous backyard. So how big is this guy's backyard? His backyard is uh, pretty big. So on one kind of towards the end, it's enough for a full distance mound to the catcher. So you got your hole. It's probably a little more than 60 feet, six inches. And then kind of in the front where he has a shed full of all types of tools and devices you know, bands, weighted balls, medicine balls, you know, everything you can think of for a pitcher, pitcher's dream. Um, He has another big, just thick yard patch and it's all turfed out. It's awesome. He set up this new net also. So we have a couple extra mounds out there now to work uphill and downhill stuff. But yeah, no, his backyard is uh, quite big. You can fit like 15 guys back there at one time. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I've always wondered if, uh, if, you know, what his neighbors think? Cause <laughs> they have had to have complained at some point. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think he's talked to them, you know, over the years they're getting used to it and stuff, but cause like, this is his work. This is what he does for a living. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so what kind of, what kind of tools, I know you mentioned there's some technology in the shed. What does it give you? I know he gives you velocity. Uh, does he focus on like spin rate or anything like that? Uh, I wouldn't say a coach focuses a lot on spin rate. I'd say he focuses more on the process of pitching that translate towards velocity. So like for me, for example, I've had a trouble of loading my glute, like in the past, like I kind of just get up and go off the mound. You know, I don't really sit into my load and everything. So we've used a couple things like a stability pad or 
a slanted board just to help me get a feel. You know, he's all about um, kind of getting a feel for everything, like certain things you want to feel when you're pitching, and then that will translate to velocity along with your weight training and your nutrition as well. So let's end it on this. I, I went to Reardon, which is one of your high school rivals. Um, you know, we, we weren't very good, but in freshman year, you no-hit us. Do you remember this? At Balboa, you no-hit us. So what can yeah, you tell me I, about that? Um, that was one of the best pitching performance I've ever had, and I think I do still have a problem with the WCL having a really small pitch count limit for freshmen. Mm -hmm. I no hit and I think I had 17 strikeouts as well yeah it was something crazy like that yeah I think we ended the game and I was able to get to six and two thirds because I hit a pitch count limit I couldn't pitch to the last batter um, my friend was able to strike out the last guy too it was like total 18 strikeouts um, I think that game set me on a pretty big path because I got called up to varsity the next week right after that game uh, freshman year but that, that, that had to be one of my best performances, I think, ever. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. No, but it was it was crazy. And whenever I hear your name to this day, I still think of that. Like, <laughs> I, I came across your Twitter, and I came across what um, Coach Sanzeri was putting out, and I was like, oh, that's the guy that no-hit us. So I got to have him on. So, um, Uday, I appreciate the time. I can't wait to see what you do at Harvard moving forward down the line. Um Best of luck to you moving forward. Best of luck to you in school. Um, can't wait to see it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I had a great time talking today. For sure. Thank, I, uh, thank you again. So if you guys want to follow us, the podcast, you could go on Twitter at RizzoCast or you could go on Instagram at RizzoCast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching and have a great day.